assembly required, but listener's discretion is advised. Sit back, enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe or follow. Now, let's not keep you waiting. It's time to welcome your hosts of TNT Podcast, Tara and Tina. Good evening, everybody. As you can see, it's clearly not Tina. You looked a lot better than me. Welcome to another episode of TNT Podcast. Uh, just to let everybody know, Tina couldn't make it with us tonight. She had a prior engagement. So I have asked uh, my good friend, Army Chris, uh, to step in and give me a hand. Uh, I met Army Chris, just a quick rundown, um, through the Dean Blundell Network. Army Chris has his own podcast called Fire for Effect. Um, and he actually gave Tina and I some really good help in the beginning uh, with our podcast that we've always appreciated. So, And also, just a side note, any shops, tuners, uh, manufacturers out there that want to start doing promos for your businesses, you want a kick-ass one, this is the guy. I'll hook Cheers. you up. Thank you for the plug. Thank you for the plug. Yeah, it's true. No, it's awesome. So uh, follow us, please, on uh, Instagram. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter at T underscore N underscore podcast. Uh, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's probably the best way. So this week's show, uh, we are completely switching gears. Um, our next guest. God bless him, has literally been to hell and back. Um, much of his story still blows me away. And I hate even using the word story because this was his life. Um, but what I love about this guy is his perseverance, um, his courage to share his story, his epic sense of humor. Um and just, he's an amazing guy. He's an author. He's a survivor. And his name is J.D. McCabe. Everybody, please welcome our guest, J.D. McCabe, to the show. Thanks for joining us, J.D. Well, Thanks for being here. Tara and Army Chris, I'm, I'm privileged and honored to be on your show. So thank you for the wonderful opportunity. And I look forward to the discussion. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I... There's so much to this yeah. um, <laughs> that, and I found you through TikTok actually, uh, because I follow true crime uh, and I just happened to be on TikTok one day and obviously you subscribed to the true crime and you came up on the feed and I, I paid attention and I thought, <laughs> holy, holy smokes, uh, this can't be real. And then I dug in a little deeper uh, started learning about your story a little bit more and was just blown right out of the water. I couldn't freaking believe it. Mm. So I had to reach out to you. <laughs> well, I'm, um, I'm thankful that you did. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess let me just start sort of at the beginning here. Um, from what I understand, you uh, had a happy marriage for close to 20 years uh, yeah. raised two children, um, nothing out of the ordinary, just your average American family. 
Um, and I think I read somewhere that your kids, when they were young, said you were like teenagers in love. Wow, you've do you've done your homework. <laughs> yeah, um, because you know, once you hear all of this and you think back, like you're kind of how the heck did this even happen? Um, but yeah, there were no warning signs. I mean, you had the odd argument, like regular couples do. There was nothing, no blips whatsoever. Right. Something started to change. Yeah. When was that? That was, uh, again, um, yeah, I want to start with this because I, <clears throat> excuse me, I've learned a lot through the, through the journey. And one of the things that I've, I've become real thoughtful about is the fact that comfort and complacency are, are traps, you know? So I would look back, as I look back on the 17 years, you know, I, we, we were comfortable. I was perhaps complacent, um, overconfident, thinking I've got this all figured out. And then the man above is like, no, no, I've got a different plan for you. And <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through hell for four or five years and see how you do. So comfort and complacency are, are, are traps, but it would probably be in the beginning of the 17th year that her, what I now know is gaslighting a projection that she would begin to suddenly, of course, I didn't recognize it as gaslighting projection at the time. She'd suddenly begin with accusations of, of infidelity. Fast forward, you know, a few years later into the, the spring of 2014, things intensified dramatically. You know, that was about 21 years into marriage. And then her mom would get into, in, into the game and would get involved. And thus the subtitle of the book, you know, My Dance with the Devil and Her Mother. Yes, and, I wanted to ask you about the title yeah, of yeah. the book and how that even came about. Yeah, the third gift. So you had already mentioned it because you've, you know, you've, you've done your homework and your research. The first two gifts are my kids. They're now, now young adults. Uh, they spent their entire, I've got a son and a daughter, Billy and Katie. They spent their entire, he, Billy spent his entire college career dealing with this. Katie spent the majority of her high school years and then into her early college years dealing with all the trauma and the, you know, the drama that was wrapped around this. So those are my first two gifts. The third gift, if we were to fast forward even further, the third gift is when once we had separated and we moved forward with, you know, mediation. I don't know if they do mediation in Canada or not, but, yes. you know, in the, in the state. We do. Yeah, oh, that's good to know. Um, it, uh, hopefully I think we invented mediation. Yeah. What's that? I think we invented mediation. We don't like conflict up here. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't mastered it. So we went through four mediations and they all failed and we'd end up in court anyhow. But at our first mediation, after we had separated, we had been separated two or three months. Um, you know, they wanted me to pay her more money than I make, you know. So my attorney warned me they're going to try to take both your arms and your legs off. So just breathe deeply. We're certainly not going to agree to this order. So I you know, I was breathing deeply and then the mediator, an attorney going in between two rooms, uh, dropped the absolute grenade. I call it the grenade of freedom now. But she dropped a grenade on the table that said, oh, by the way, your soon to be ex-wife wanted me to let you know you gave her herpes. So the third gift is herpes. Um, you know, wow. as, they, as they say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But I <laughs> Yeah, Tara, I don't know if you were aware of that or not. Or Army Chris, I don't know that if you no, were aware. No, no. Well, I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that that was the that was the third gift, but okay. uh, prior to any of that occurring, I'll go back to the spring of 2014. I made a huge mistake. 
in the spring of 2014 when all this started. And for who, whoever's listening tonight, I would, I would ask you that if you are going through something difficult, or maybe it's not even difficult, but you're struggling with something, something find somebody, a confidant, a friend, a family member, an organization, someone neutral that you don't even know. There's plenty of organizations out there now for individuals. They need to increase the amount of services available for men, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's, sure. there's plenty of outlets for people to go talk to somebody. I, I come from a large family. I've got five brothers and three sisters. Wow. I had a friend network. I had a nice professional colleague network. When all the accusations of infidelity and then they would later spiral into, spiral into drug addiction that I was doing drugs and her mom would get in on it. And I can tell you, I'll talk a little bit about why the journey that I went through and what kind of reinforced the accusations for her mother um, but I stayed on an island, you know, and I, it, it wasn't a male thing. It wasn't me trying to, you know, be prideful and figure out what was going on. You know, it was not the old male. I don't need directions. I'm going to keep driving in the wrong way, which indeed I was doing. But I, I had no idea what what was up. And she essentially gaslit me and hollowed me out, her and her mother. And I told nobody. I didn't tell anybody until um and i want to back up again if i could but in, absolutely in june of 2014 so it was a hellish spring in the spring i started working out under the advisement of my son and um I, in less than six weeks i lost 30 pounds i'm like this is a miracle this is beautiful i was a pretty good sized boy i think you've seen some of the pictures yeah let I me would, show uh quickly our audience here. yeah bring one up um but, there, the, but there's obviously more to that story right so this yeah. was you prior to working out. Yeah, I was in the book. I, I give myself, I'm too kind to myself. I said I was 225, but there I'm probably 250, 255. Right. But anyhow, I lost 30 pounds in less than six weeks. And then it was 35 and then it was 40 and then it was 50. And then it was tingling in my fingers and toes and intestinal issues and joint pain and dizzy spells and stuff that really started to concern me that I would consult, you know, a physician, obviously, to figure out what was going on. Yeah. But that that dramatic weight loss. In Here's my, a picture of this dramatic. Like, it's yeah. it's dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's not healthy weight loss. That's not the Jenny Craig program. here. Right. 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 Yeah. It was it was quick and um, very. That would only further fuel her mom's, you know, her mom's belief that I'm, he's got to be doing drugs. He's got to be cheating on you. Look at him; he's getting in shape. I mean, I was I wasn't yeah. running marathons. I was working out three days a week, an hour at a time. And so nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I, there would be so many discoveries once I would separate, and I'll, I'll cut to the chase on this one. I would later discover, um, after a long medical journey, that I was being. Mm -hmm exposed to arsenic so i am i can't ever be 100 percent certain but i believe she was putting it in my protein powder as i started working out my son who's been a gym rat since you know his junior year in high school is like dad you need to take some protein after your workout so i started to take that periodically thank god i didn't take it more consistently but she would pull the protein powder out of the cupboard and she would mock me with it. She would say, I know you're putting something in your protein powder. And she would stand there and she would read the label. And she would call her brother who used to be a, a bodybuilder and they would have their little private conversations. And I'm like, it's hundred percent weight protein. This is the same material. Yeah. Unfortunately he was away at college. And so he wasn't dipping into dad's protein, but you know, so we yeah. had that 
we had that going on. She, and she's putting arsenic into your um, workout supplements. That's what we're it, saying here. Yeah, yeah. That, that it, is that is it, unbelievable. And like, where do you even get arsenic? Yeah, Tell that was a good question. Where would one just go you're and not, pick you're up not arsenic? Getting it on Amazon, I could tell you that much. Yeah. Um, well, folks that I've talked to, and I've, I've had many folks reach out to me on my social media platforms that want to know what the signs and symptoms were because they believe they've been poisoned. Is that right? Wow. But how, I mean, it's like, I wouldn't think it's just something accessible to the average Joe to, to buy arsenic, you know, like it's crazy. Pretty easy to get, you know, but they, they, they she it, called. It might be. I would, I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. That's why, that's why it's so, so intriguing to me that that's. Yeah. She could get her hands on it. Was her, uh, you know, her her methodology or, you know, or the means to 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 putting you where you were was that. Like, where the hell did she would have got that? Google? I don't know. Read some book? I, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. And we would never be able to discover that. Well, first of all, she's not in jail. I could not criminally prosecute her because we had been separated for about a year by the time I figured it out. Once the legal stuff started, I put my health on the back burner. Prior to that, I had been evaluated for leukemia, Alzheimer's, early onset of Parkinson's. They, they couldn't find anything. I had white blood cell counts that were significantly elevated, liver enzymes that were through the roof, an enzyme called creatinine phosphokinase, which is indicative of a heart attack, a stroke, a, a muscle crushing injury, had none of those. And they, 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 couldn't, they couldn't figure out what was wrong until again, after I made a lot of discoveries about what she had been doing, I finally got in to see a liver specialist. I told him the entire story. I was once again tested for HIV, Hep C, Hep B. Those were all clean. And he said, you know, I told him, I said, I had a blood test done to look for heavy metal poisoning. My sister-in-law, and she's my hero, along with my brother and the rest of my family, they, they absolutely saved my life. Um, she's got a, a doctorate in nursing, and she said early on, I think she's been poisoning you. And so I went and had a heavy metals test done, but it was a blood test and it came back clean. And this liver specialist is like, yeah, that'll pick up acute exposure. But if you want to pick up chronic exposure, you need a hair and nail test done. And so the hair wow. and nail. So hair a, and standard, nail, a standard blood test would not pick that up. Unless you had been, you know, exposed within a couple of days, but chronic. Oh, exposure, okay. Extended. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that's lazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a, what they also very similar to a look back drug test, which I also had one of those done to me, you know, where they look back and see if it's in your hair and your nails that you've been doing cocaine or heroin or whatever. So that, that summer to back up that summer was just a nightmarish summer. The biggest mistake I made is I kept myself on an Island and I told nobody I should have so gone. Just, just to rewind here for, for everybody. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get my head around at what point, did you think you needed to go get these tests done? Like, at what point was there? Obviously, there's divergence between you, you, you and your ex-wife. What triggered you to say, "I need to go get tested out"? I got was that to your sister-in-law. That it was my sister-in-law, and that's when I went and had the blood test done. Okay. And that was probably that was after I was out of the house, so that was probably uh, a month after we had a month or two after we had separated. Because that's like I'm trying to put myself in your in your head, JD. Going, you know, I, I have an ex-wife. We get along great, which is I do, a, a, a rarity in this world. Um, but like, what what gets into your head where you go, where you actually would believe that 
you know, the woman you had spent almost 20 years with and raised two kids with would go to that, that far to the right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, probably why you didn't come up with that. Like you, had, you must've been living in denial for a while before you went, no, I got to go get my, myself checked out here. There's more, yeah. there's more going on. Right. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. That's a very good question, Chris, but it, it took a while to figure out. Cause like I said, once I had separated, we immediately jumped into the legal mess. I had civil summons coming at me. She filed, yeah. she filed false domestic violence charges against me. I had to defend myself in court for that. We had a civil summons complaint after complaint after complaint. And no, oh, by the way, I had to try to keep my sanity to hang on to my full-time job. But, um, yeah, so I kind of put it on the back burner um, at, at the time and, and waited to get in to see a liver specialist. And then uh, that's that's when we, you know, uncovered it. It was really wasn't probably two or three, let's say three months before we started our alimony trial that I made that determination that, oh, my God, she had been poisoning me with arsenic. But at that point, to be quite unbelievable, to be quite frank with you, uh, it didn't phase me because I had discovered so much other stuff, you know, when she, when she made the revelation and, and again, I, I, if she had never accused me of giving her herpes, I don't know where I'd be today. Emotionally I'd be alive, but I don't know where I'd be today. Emotionally. I don't know where my relationship with my kids would be. Um, I don't know who they would believe. Let's say that she had revealed that, or let's say I had tested positive. I mean, right. it, he said she said, no, so, so there's a yeah, there's that. a story to this herpes, yeah. right? Like she was uh, convinced that you had given her herpes. Well, this again, this is where it's. I had to come to terms with to Chris to your earlier question, and, and, and the subtitle of the book is no joke. I didn't put that subtitle to get people to go. Oh, I got to buy this book. I mean, she is the devil. She yeah. absolutely the devil, and I had to come to terms with oh, that. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to come to terms with that because she only played that card, the herpes card, because she was certain she had infected me. Three weeks prior to me being manipulated out of the house, and I tried to add some humor in the book. Uh, we had what I like to refer to now as slip and slide night. Uh, but we had been together. We had been together three nights in a row when we hadn't been together in four months. Uh, oh, okay. so this is premeditated. So it was absolutely intentional. Incredible. Three weeks later, I am manipulated out of my house. When I say manipulated, she used my daughter, um, who was 15, almost 16 at the time. She had alienated me from her, turned her against me. Your, you know, your father's a drug addict. Your father has anger issues. What I didn't say is after the summer of 2014, I would end up spending nine days in a psychiatric facility. You know, I spent three days at one place and then a police escort transport to another place, a place I was desperately trying to avoid. Voluntarily? That's sort of, that was my question. Yeah. Involuntarily committed. So really? what she, she like dropped the dime, made a call. Like how did, how did that, how does that end? That's how, that, again, how did that transpire. Now this is all part of the discovery of the third gift. Again, I discovered so much. So hellish weekend, it would have been, 
the weekend of our 21st wedding anniversary, you know, we had been in marital discord. We had been in therapy. We had been seeing deacons of the church. If we'd go to see a therapist and the therapist would say something she didn't like, we're done. If she didn't fit that narrative that she wanted, we'd move on to another therapist. I was doing everything I could to hold on to my family unit. And as they say, the devil often attacks your strength and turns it into a weakness. My strength has been and always will be uh, my love for my family and the family unit. And the thought of it dissolving, I wasn't suicidal. I want to be clear of that. Now, later, I'll be honest, I'll be entirely vulnerable. You know, two, three years down the road after some of this other stuff transpired. Yeah, was I suicidal? I didn't have a plan. Uh, But I thought, man, you'd be better off if you weren't here. And the the pain would go away. Um, But, you know, I thought to my family, I thought to my kids, I knew what my kids needed and, and, you know, God, God saved my life. And I want to be clear. God intervened with this herpes thing. God has a sense of humor. He's like, son, enough. I'm going to let you off the hook here. <laughs> <laughs> no herpes for you. No herpes for you. So I, I've been tested multiple times. Just FYI, I, I am negative, but she was certain that she infected me. And just that, the that's that's why the arsenic kind of took a back seat when I discovered it, because I'm like, holy shit. She intentionally thought she had infected me. She was going to hang all of her indiscretions on me. Yeah. And that gift, I've been in the pharmaceutical medical field for 30 plus years, um, and I was fortunate to have the knowledge to be able to decipher some of this stuff soon as she dropped that on me, obviously it was another sleepless night. I headed out for Pennsylvania because my daughter wasn't in my life at that point in time. I was living out of a hotel, living out of my car. My son was away at college and I'm like, I need to be surrounded by my family. And again, my brother, Al, my sister-in-law, Jane, they're, they're my absolute heroes, not to you know disrespect my other extended family but i've always been closest to my brother alan they were there for me 24 7. i I would go and live at their house you know you know because i could work from wherever right even before they they carried you they really your family your family carried you through this nightmare yeah Yeah, my my faith and my faith and my family absolutely carried me through it you know when when adversity hits you can run the other way you can run towards you sure can yeah and i I ran towards him. I mean, and we can talk about that, but I, I ran towards him uh, and I continue to run towards him. Um, but yeah, to wrap your head around that. So once she made that revelation, I start going, holy cow, she got herpes, she got to be on something. I'm driving to PA at six o'clock in the morning. I left early because I didn't sleep. It's a 10 hour drive. I pull over 10 minutes into my drive. I p- pull out my iPad going to our insurance company's website. I pull up the pharmacy claims. I'm like, let me take a look at the pharmacy claims. Well, first of all, I didn't know there were five, there were five years worth of pharmacy claims in there. I had no wow. idea access to previously. I look at two prescriptions every month that were marked private. And I'm like, what the hell are these? I mean, I'm quickly scrolling through the five years. Every month, yeah. there's the two that are marked private, private, private. It never tells you in the in the states here. It might be different in Canada, but it, they, they never wouldn't tell us. Yeah, no. in the states, and the reason I had access to it because I was a primary cardholder for our insurance, and I was paying all the medical bills. Right. Ultimately, got to the right person at the insurance company and said, "Hey, I want to know what these are and who prescribed them." Well, the first discovery I made was that she had an addiction to Adderall, Adderall XR, and Ritalin LA. She 
was addicted to three different formulations of amphetamines. Wow. I would also, she was addicted to benzodiazepines. She was addicted to mood stabilizers, uh, sleeping pills. Then uh, I would further dive into her medical claims. And I'm looking at some of these pharmacy claims going, I don't even know what this medication is. But I mapped it all out on spreadsheets. And, and um, I'll suffice it to say that she pretty much had acquired every STD out there in the course of the last six years of our marriage. What? Yeah, she had 45 prescription antibiotics over the course of 23 months. She had nine or 10, you know, uh, medication for, you know, lady issues, <laughs> you know, vaginal and yeast infections and all sorts right. of things. Right, yeah. yeah. Can't speak to that. I'm not Tina. <laughs> you're, clearly, you're clearly not Tina. So <laughs> she. So again, I, the thing that never really bothered me is the infidelity, believe it or not. The hypocrisy of it all almost floored me. I mean, it's like, wait a minute, you've been beating me up. You and your mother have been verbally abusing me and gaslighting me about me being addicted to porn and addicted to drugs. And yet you're the one that's she oh. was doing it all. Do you, do you think do you think that um all those drugs that she was on, Adderall, Ritalin, blah, 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 like changed your brain chemistry? Like yeah. I, I I don't want to yeah. like rewind, but I'm trying to get my head around what changed in your in your in your relationship that sounded solid for 15 however many years how did she suddenly, change? boom right how, how do you get from a happy healthy marriage like what to, happened to that like how does it get there or, or do you know maybe the jury's out on that jd i don't know no i've got i've got a theory on it and i think it's pretty airtight to be honest with you okay. and i, I will never right. buy it for four years and she she will never admit to any of this right uh, well why would you well, sadly, it's part of the reason why my, my kids, now young adults, the one my son will be 28, my daughter will be 24 next week. They haven't seen mom in close to three years. They don't really talk to mom anymore because you know, I supported whatever decision they wanted to make. Right. With, Which with is fair, yeah. But they recognize that she's just – but to your point, Chris, it absolutely changed the wiring of her brain. But That's what I – yeah, okay. The story is The story is very complicated. There's a lot of layers to the story. I think I'm, I know that her father's death in 2007, because I changed employers, so I didn't have access to prior to two, 2010. Okay, but I, yeah. I had access to five years. Five years was enough to paint the picture that that I wanted that I didn't want to see, but to help me to get clarity on what the hell was going on in the marriage. But her father came out of the closet when he was. When she was two, he accepted his homosexuality. Uh, her parents divorced. So then you start seeing, you know, possibly abandonment as you learn about borderline personality and things that happen. Yeah, he, yeah. Okay, yeah. Her father, um, so she had been estranged from her father when we met. You know, she treated her father, at least verbally to me, like he was a piece of shit. He was a deadbeat dad. He never paid child support, da, 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 living in a great life, buying horses, doing this, doing that. As I sorted through it all and got clarity, and that's one of the pieces of the, really the big piece of the gift is clarity. Um, she was very close to her dad until her first marriage ended. And I don't think I talked about that, but she was married prior to us meeting. Oh, okay. Okay. 
briefly married, you know, allegedly never moved in with a guy. She was looking for a father figure. He was 11 years her senior. Her mother and her grandmother at the time, rest both of their souls, um, you know, corroborated her story, you know. Well, and it made sense to me. Her father's not better. Sure, that sounds good, For right? sure it would. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. I should, should have peeled back the onion. But so she was estranged from her father for 10 years through the innocence of our son at five or six. They knew about grandpa and they never met him. But they said, he said, just said, why don't you just call him, mom? And she did. You know, back in the good old days of the answering machine, we came back home. <laughs> yeah. And there was a voice message from her father on there and they reconnected. And I, I, I supported it. We went to visit wow. him. But us, I supported it. But I'm like, hey, I don't want you getting hurt again because I'm thinking this SOB is the one that caused all the trauma in your life. And now I see it quite differently. I'll, I'll bet you do. So I believe, I believe. So anyhow, they reconnected and I would describe their relationship as superficial because that's how she described it. Because I would say privately, hey, has he ever apologized? Are you? She's like, no, we don't talk about any of what happened. We're just going to enjoy the moment. And da, da, da. I'm like, fine, great. I believe she cheated on her first husband too. Well, so, hey, listen, do, do the math. Well, and here's the, here's the other interesting thing with it, right? Her father's a homosexual. And she told me, she said, yeah, my, my, after, after our, my marriage was annulled, my ex-husband, well, it wasn't my ex-husband because we had it annulled, but he went in and he, he, my dad took him in and I'm like, what, why would your father do that to you? Why would your father take in your ex-husband? That's well, very bizarre. Well, he's gay and he's attracted to him. Well, sure as shit, after everything exploded and I became my own private eye, I started hmm. looking. I start looking at real estate records in the Florida area where her father lived. And sure enough, this guy and a woman and his life partner, they all lived together in the same house for a little over a year. Really? So that, hey, that, that was true. That's Florida anyway. So that would, you know, I have a dad and I mean, that wow. would be traumatic and, and hard for her. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, guilt is a very toxic emotion. So I believe I would bet my life on it. So did you did you figure all this out after the fact? When, after, like, this is why the gift, the third gift is a gift. I figured it all out after the fact. I'm really getting what the third gift is now because it's 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 Pandora's box exploding with information that you know and getting clarity. Yeah, wow. Clarity peace and getting your identity back when you've been called a piece of shit. Oh, so, I'm tracking. I'm, I, am tracking. I was called that by all of them, you know, by her and her mother, uh, you know, beat into the ground, but yeah. And, and had my own daughter, um, you know, believe that dad was just no good. And that's my favorite chapter in the book. I might add chapter 19 titled hi daddy. When my daughter comes back into my life. Um, yeah. Awesome. I mean, Awesome. Yeah, that's you know what the fact that if you now that your kids are of that age where they're smart enough and, and wise enough, I, I know they're young to to figure it out and make those decisions. Like, good for you, man. I'm I'm really happy for you because that's the worst thing you could ever lose is is your kids, right? Well, and I know just how blessed I am because I know there are a lot of moms and dads out there that, that have been alienated wrongfully from their yeah, children. Yeah, for yes, sure, absolutely. Ripped away by the court so i know the hole in my heart that i had um and she moved back in with me you know right eh, about two or three months right before the alimony trial started in 2016 she was almost 17 
but she was old, old enough to see it for herself. She saw what I'm certain is mom was in a drug withdrawal. That's, that's pretty wise for a 17-year-old kid. Well, she came to high school. Right? Mom couldn't walk. Mom couldn't talk. There was dog food all over the floor. And at this point, like I said, we were separated. And I okay. was her pharmacy claims and medical claims every other day. Yeah, just to see what was going on. And I glad I'm glad I continue to watch him. But uh but yeah, she was in a drug withdrawal. And then she, you know, because she was looking for work, looking for a little part-time job. And then once she secured a part-time job, sure enough, she was back on the wagon. Um, but it to 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 go back, and I'm sorry if I'm bouncing all over. Yeah, the no, go Mom, ahead. Good, this whole flow. thing is all over the map, so don't but, worry. <laughs> her father's death was the tipping point. So her father died. She had to make the decision to take him off life support. He had a massive heart attack. Mm. And in the time, I don't know if they do now, but they didn't recognize gay marriage. So she was the only one that could authorize turning off the life support. And then two years, two or three years later, his lifelong partner also passed away at a young age. Um, and I think it's the guilt of losing 10 years of her father's life. And, and her drug use began under her own admission, probably in 2009. You, Chris, you asked a great question, and, and I've investigated. Her brain was completely rewired, for sure. That's what and, it feels like. And I'm, I don't know, right? I'm just, it just feels like that. that well, that, yeah, because how else could that happen? Like, like you dug deep, you did a deep dive into how much through the insurance records of how yeah. much, you know, drugs she was using. And when, when it's a list that long, and wasn't she being tested for an autoimmune disease? And then at some point you're thinking because it can affect your, uh, your brain and, and all of that, that maybe that was part of it. So you probably push stuff aside. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking. I applaud your research. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is how it's complicated. The, her father piece, her first marriage piece complicates it. And then the alleged autoimmune disease. And I say alleged because once we moved towards an alimony trial and we subpoenaed her medical records, she doesn't have one. She doesn't. But here's JD. Here's my next question. So we've, we've covered that. We we've established that we concur that her, her history with her father, um, drug use and everything contributed to the direction, the trajectory, everything went. I want to know about mom now. How did mom get involved in this? How did her mother, like, does she have, apologize if I swear. I normally swear a lot on my own pod. Is her mother as fucked up as she is? Like, how the hell did that happen? I believe, I believe that now. I believe that now. Right? Her mom, her mom passed away three, four years ago. Okay. I'm Mm. not going to speculate too much on that. She had moved in with, my ex-wife, they made their way down to uh, sunny Florida, and we're going to live a full and quiet life. Um, but, um, yeah, they left two weeks before my daughter graduated from high school. So mom didn't go to our daughter's high school graduation. She didn't attend college graduation. And, and it's turned out to be a blessing. But I believe her mother's as fucked up as she is. I, I believe the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. It, it feels like that. Like, there's just no way... Well, they probably had a very codependent relationship yeah. by the sound of it. Mother would reel her in and go, you're right out of her. Like that would be the norm to me. And, I never and the mother is a co-conspirator. I think that is mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. 
I never had a crossword with this woman in 22, 23 years. Never, ever. And right. so when, when she threatened me on a beach trip, you know, a couple of months before my involuntary commitment, she threatened to kill me. I mean, I came up from the beach to get a, a soda or something or maybe a beer or something. Looks at me. I don't know where they went, but they're standing on the opposite end of a granite counter. I'll never forget it. And she looks at me with death in her eyes and says, if you put your hands on my daughter, I'll kill you. Wow. What, you, or what, when was that a left field? You have something deeper going on, Dan. Perhaps you're addicted to porn or addicted to drugs. Maybe it was something that happened in your childhood. I don't know. But and you this need came to, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And I, after I got over the shock of it, and interestingly enough, her big brother, she has one sibling, her big bro, as she calls him. Yeah. He was with us. Where he didn't he? say anything. He said nothing to me. Later that night, I went, as we were grilling out, I, I made it a point. And I told my wife at the time, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to your brother. I want him to be clear that I've, I've not been with any other women. I love you. I haven't been inappropriate with anybody. I'm going to have, but he never, ever said to me, hey, look, my little sis, as he would call her, you know, is, is afraid of you. And we need to talk about that. And he never, never mentioned word one about it. But I asked mom, her mom. Yeah. I got over the shock of it. I said, what did I ever, what have I, would I have ever have done for you to believe that your daughter should fear me or that I would put my hands on her in a violent manner? She had to think about it. And she says, well, she informed me that during an argument, you shook the dishwasher rack and broke it. And I said, I didn't break it. I shook it. I mean, because this was at the time when I was just taking bullets. That's, that's normal shit, man. Come oh, on. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know we're in this woke world these days, but give me a break. That, yeah. That, yeah. She was, yeah, she was ah. pretty she was ahead of her. She was ahead of her time. So <laughs> how, many years, how many years were you guys married when this is happening? 21. 21 years and suddenly mother-in-law like my mother-in-law is a wing nut or sorry my ex-mother-in-law yeah um and but my ex-wife knows that too but they're not conspiring to to kill me and like so like 21 years and right out of the blue all this just bombs you like i i'm just it's how, it's my how do you respond to that is is it's unbelievable this is just crazy and i was still in the home you know so i was in psychiatric Got out of the psychiatric facility. Yeah, yeah I, like, how did that come about? Well, I would later discover, okay, so she called the cops on me that weekend. I had gone to see a psychiatrist because I was, again. Well, so was like, that voluntarily? I voluntarily went to see, I was involuntarily, okay. but I voluntarily went to see a psychiatrist. I'm like, if you think i got a mood disorder, or I've got I'll some. they use that against you. Well, I went, and she was gracious enough to go with me. One appointment, okay? One yeah. appointment, psychiatrist, in less than 30 minutes, I fill out my little questionnaire. She fills out her little questionnaire for bipolar 2, and he diagnosed me with bipolar 2 disorder. Really? Less than 30 minutes. Oh, I'm sure it had nothing to do with the fact that you were getting completely mind-fucked by your own family. Well, and he would later say that, too. He would lay, as he's backpedaling, okay. I only for a year and I, I'm not on any medications for it. He only put me on a, a minor medication, but so it was a Thursday. I was diagnosed with that. He's like, you know, don't drink. Duh, duh, duh. I'm like, I don't drink that much anyhow. But that Friday, I think it was a Friday night that our daughter had decided on weekends. I'm not going to be around the house. I'm going to stay with girlfriends. Cause I don't want to deal with this horse shit anymore. 
which I don't, blame. I don't yeah, blame. Exactly. We had started arguing about something or other. And I'm like, why don't you go out to dinner with a girlfriend or something? Cause I just wanted to sit in the peace. I wanted to cut grass or do something. And I decided I'm going to have a few beers. I had four beers over the course of four hours. I wasn't intoxicated. Um, and she comes home, bouncing through the door. I'll never forget it. Smells the beer on my breath and says, you're not supposed to be drinking. I'm like I had four beers, relax, you know? And so yeah. she went, it's went Friday night. Guest, come on. Went into the guest room, which was mo her mom's room when she come would come down. And her mom was down a lot and welcomed a lot. Um, but yeah, so she locked herself in that room. There's a little pick key that I could get. I never entered the room. I picked the lock. I wanted to get clarity on what we had argued about the you know that day. I said, let's let's can we talk through this a little bit? She stared at me, just stared a hole in me. I closed the door gently and I made the mistake of saying, well, maybe the good Lord will take me tonight and your problems will be solved. She took wow. that and ran with it. He took it and ran with it. I yeah. went up, I'm, yeah, went upstairs to my son's room because he was away at college. I was going to, I wasn't going to sleep, but I'm like, I'm going to go up there. I'm up there laying down. I hear the garage door go up. I come gently walking down the steps. I didn't come flying down, open the garage door. She's in the car with her windows down. She's got mom on speakerphone. I can hear mom's lovely voice going, get out of there. Get out of there. She oh, called, my God. She called the cops on me. And I knew, okay, here, the cops are going to be coming. So, so the cops. How long was this? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to, like, how long does this nightmare go on before you, um, break free and, and get to where you are today. And like, we, man, we could talk about this for 16 hours. I'm, we could, uh, I we, mean, we could. <laughs> to get free, the freedom journey, Chris really began as soon as you made that accusation. I gave her herpes. Yeah. Right. The third gift, third gift. I started getting okay. clarity. Hey, holy shit. I didn't do this. So what, did, so what did you do? Did you move out or did she move? Like, how does it, how I did was, that so I, after, after the nine-day psychiatric stay, and I'll, I'll cut to the chase on that, I would later discover in that tumultuous weekend, she set me up. When I got my medical records, I yeah. was letters that she wrote to the family practitioner and to my psychiatrist behind my back, basically telling him what a pathological liar I am. He, I believe he has a mood disorder, and I know he's been cheating on me. They're rambling letters. That Laying the, the narrative down. The exact letter, sure. the exact letters are in the book, unedited. Um, and her rambling letters are in the book. And I'm like, holy shit, she set me up. That set is intentional evil. Like that. And it and it was the same family practitioner that I'd been seeing for my weight loss or for everything else. We went for a follow-up appointment for my weight loss. What had transpired that weekend, she had written him a letter and called him. So when I go in, I'm a broken man because we're talking about separation. And I'm thinking, oh, man, if I lose my family, I don't know what I'll do. So, so, so we're let's, there. Let's just, let's just park for two seconds here. Yeah. So so the, up to now or in around now, at this moment in time, mm -hmm. you've been poisoned. Mm -hmm. you, you've, you've been in such a I didn't know yet. Yeah, oh, you didn't know yet. Oh, okay, you're being, right. okay, you're being poisoned. That's that's fair. You're 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 in psychiatric uh, psychiatric care. Like you're you think you're losing your mind. Yep. Your your kids are 
estranged for, or, or like distancing themselves. Yeah. Your, your, the love of your life or what you thought was, and her mother who you trusted is, is completely sabotaging you and betraying your life. Like, Oh my God, man, how do you manage that? And how do you recover from that? Is, is, yeah. is it's, it's, yeah, you're certainly living proof of it. Yeah. It's, it's doable. And I'm in, I'm in the psychiatric facility thinking this is rock bottom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, why, you know what? Why wouldn't you think that? And you were in there for nine days. Yeah. All this shit that's happened to you is not normal. That's not what happens to normal day to day Americans or Canadians or, you know, whatever, or anybody on the planet. That's yeah, not normal. That's yeah, crazy. crazy. That's stuff you watch on Netflix. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that the, the, the journey was just beginning. I mean, there was four years ahead of us. Yeah, this is the, that's the beginning. Just so for everybody watching or listening to this later, this is this is the beginning. That's an appetizer. There's going to be more books, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, and again, I would discover that that she had set me up. Could you check yourself out of the facility? No, I was I was begrudgingly discharged by the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist who was pissed off that I inquired about being discharged on Sunday so I could go and be with my daughter on her 16th birthday. The psychiatrist on the weekends like, yeah, we're all well aware of your inappropriate admission that you really shouldn't be here. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. And so I saw my psychiatrist who was my he didn't work weekends and he was pissed. He was pissed on Monday. He said, I told you I wanted to see you Monday. You do not run this place. You're a manipulator. You're a spinner. And of course, I would go home and truth and transparency, have this conversation with the wife at the time. And she would later, her and her mother would later throw those words in my face. You are a manipulator and you are a spinner and you twist everything. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But yeah, this guy was pissed and he's like yeah you'll discharge orders they're legally binding uh they'll be at the front desk tomorrow morning and you know at that point i'm like i don't give a shit if they're i don't care what they are i want to get the hell out of here yeah yeah because so I, that must there. have been traumatic even yeah it, well i was sexually harassed and and uh on, on multiple occasions there were fights there were you know people that would smuggle you know the regulars that would smuggle in phones and uh yeah, they're smuggling in phones. And I'm like, if he can smuggle in a phone, you know, he probably can smuggle in a knife. And they were smuggling in cigarettes. It was, yeah, it was a nightmare. But my heart broke. And as we talked before we went live here, uh, my heart still breaks on occasion for the young kids that were in there because nobody got any help. Everybody got sedated and medicated. And once your insurance ran out, you were sent home. In my well, case, I had commercial insurance. So they were happy to keep me for yeah as long as they could. That's... um. That's the same here. It, it's like they just they just want to feed you meds, right? And I don't want to get into the big conspiracy about pharmaceutical companies and all that bullshit. Yep. But that that's the immediate go-to is like I I get that because getting out of the army and you know people that I know, including myself, that have PTSD, the first thing they want to do is bomb you with meds. So yeah, you know, yeah, that that's a problem. Well, Psychiatrist, so that's kind of. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, okay, well, we're going to search off on this and this and this. And like, that is not a path you want to be going down. Well, and here's the other twist, too. Speaking of psychiatrists, so I'm not very fond of them. Uh, I had I'll two. I bet you're not. 
And then she, she, so I, the other thing I would discover a little bit down the road, once we separated, she was also using our kids to fill her amphetamines in their names to the tune oh, of six, no. 600, so, 600 days until she could find, until she could find a psychiatrist that would write whatever she asked for. So a doctor was literally writing prescriptions for her, but in your kids' names. And can they be not liable for that? That is a huge. Yeah, there's a little, I filed, a, there's a little backdrop to that. So the reason she had to go that route, and I, again, I discovered so much, her supplier, and he was a physician, um, which I didn't know she was seeing. Um, he was writing her whatever the hell she wanted, but he got in trouble with the DEA drug enforcement agency and the North Carolina medical board for inappropriate prescribing of narcotics. Absolutely. But once they leaned on him, once they leaned on him, she had to go find another supply. Our son had been diagnosed legitimately with ADHD in fourth grade. Once he started working out sophomore year in high school, he's like, I don't like the appetite suppressant. I'm getting off these. And his prescriptions continued to get filled. Oh, she would just, okay. So she, she would just, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you know, the doctor not arbitrarily knowing that that's sure. what's happening. Mom's, mom's been picking up those drugs for years. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Nobody notices. Right. Yeah. But I filed yeah. a complaint against him. Um, once things settled down a little bit with the North Carolina medical board, of course you get this, the, the standard letter back. We fully evaluated this. And da, 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 da. We don't feel that it meets the standards of uh, <laughs> violating medical practice. I'm like, okay. Well, at least he'll get the message that I'm aware of what he did. Absolutely. Yeah, Jesus this, Christ. <laughs> this same guy that had me involuntarily committed. My psychiatrist didn't involuntarily commit me. My family practitioner did in two minutes with his back turned to me, you know. But again, he had letters being written to him. He had phone calls being made to him. Yeah, laying and, it down. Yeah, yeah. She was brilliant. And again, yeah. this is by the herpes. I will be a big fan of herpes as long as I don't ever get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not the third gift I want, but I appreciate the context. <laughs> yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. It, it, abs it absolutely is. I mean, but it opened, to your point, Chris, it opened Pandora's box. I don't know the entire truth. I'll never know the entire truth about who she was with, how many, because once we move forward to an alimony trial, she was under a court order to maintain integrity of all electronic devices. Well, she restored her phone to factory settings. She wiped her phone. Yeah. I have a question about that. Now yeah. with cell phone companies, they can be subpoenaed. Like the records really never go away, but I don't know how long they keep them. So they, was the, the cell phone companies ever subpoenaed to provide, you know, text messages and all that kind of stuff? Uh, we subpoenaed a Time Warner cable at the time, and we subpoenaed a, a few others, and they said, you're going to need a court order. And at that point, um, I was bleeding money. I mean, I Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Yeah, it's all a cost. Better. And, and the only reason I fought it for anybody. Sure, you could get what you want, but you got to pay. That's right. So for anybody outside of North Carolina, and I don't know what the laws are in, in Canada, but in North Carolina, if there's proof of infidelity, there is no alimony. So it was a significant number uh, that, that I'm like, wait. So we had. I think it's the same here. Yeah, we had solid proof she had cheated. 
She had destroyed her phone. We figured out that she destroyed her phone just a couple of weeks prior to our alimony trial starting. So we're like, right, we got destruction of evidence. We've got an STD expert that's willing to testify that you don't have it and she has it. And she, you, she didn't, def she de definitively, she didn't get it from you. Yeah. And, and we had her own OBGYN that would testify who diagnosed her with sexually transmitted herpes. He testified and, on her behalf. And that wasn't enough. So, so we, so we looked at all that and said, well, we don't need, we don't really need to know who it is and all that stuff. And I'm out of money and we, we, yeah, we think we've got a very strong case, but I won't give away how, how it all shook out. Uh, I've done some posts on it, but um, yeah, I'll just say that the legal system is totally unjust. Yeah. I, I, it that, is. That's, that's everywhere. Yeah, right. absolutely. I know that, is, that is, that's the same up here. Don't think for one minute. Anybody oh Yeah. Anybody watching or listening in the uh, in the United States of America right now don't think that the, your justice system is, is any more fucked than the one in Canada because it is 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it, it the, the cost to continue to fight, because even I thought all your distress and everything else, sue her civilly. Well, that costs money. Yeah. And then at, one, yeah. at what point sure. do you want to just wash your hands and say, fuck it, I want my oh. life. I just yeah. want my own well, life. I don't losses. care about you, that. Gotta, yeah, you yeah. got a relationship with your kids back. That's probably the most important thing in your life. Absolutely. Your, your, your family, your siblings supported you through this ordeal. Yeah. 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 We did that. We did that dance. We did that dance. We did that dance for four years, man. Four years. So they're there again. Hard go, man. There's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of energy mentally, you know. Well, the beauty of the book, and again, I say the beauty of the book, the, the book is not all about just the dark journey. It's also about faith. It's also about family and friends. There were a ton of blessings along the way. There's a lot of good that has come from it. Um, and um, I, I'm like, I, I, I love the legal stuff. So there, our domestic violence trial is in there. Our four-day alimony trials. In there. I took advantage of the concept of public record. I got the audio transcripts. They wouldn't give me a written transcript. They wanted 10 grand for that. So I said, just send me the audio files. So I'm listening on my iPad as I'm typing, writing the book, and uh, we, I captured the essence of a lot of testimony from a lot of people on her side. So I, for those that like legal stuff, it should 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 be a nice read. But uh, well, what, let's let's uh, yeah, we we've, we've beat the shit out of the negative aspects here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd really like to just get into how do you pick your ass up, and what motivated you to write this book? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, like let's 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 find the the the, tra the transition here, the the upswing. Yeah, what I I put it into three buckets. I call it recognize, like reframe, and release. You know, so those are the three buckets, and I can talk about some of the things that I, that I have. Sure, walk books. us through that. Yeah, but what motivated me to write the book really is first of all, it's a crazy story, and it took four or five years to get through it. And I would have friends and families and close people that would call me every couple of weeks, going, "Hey, anything crazy happen now?" And I'm like, yeah, you're never going to believe it. You know, the guy that we thought we identified, it turned out to be our neighbor's wife's phone. I mean, there's a lot that we haven't covered. There's yeah, yeah, and turns. But most importantly, I think three reasons why I wrote the book. I've always enjoyed in life, and I always found inspiration in other people's stories. Right, keeps you grounded. I worked for an organization. I won't name them, but they they did a program called Forty Thousand Lives. 
40,000 lives, 40,000 stories, where at various meetings, we'd have leadership, we'd have individual people on our teams share their personal journey and personal stories. And some of the stories that I heard, I'm like, man, I have a newfound respect for you and how you grew up and what drove you. So I've always found inspiration in stories. I found inspiration in other people's stories when I was living at the same hotel for three and a half months, just talking to people. You know, I, I couldn't sit in the room like a caged dog. If I wasn't traveling, I was at the hotel or I was up in Pennsylvania at my brothers and family with my family. But the stories that I would hear from other people kept me grounded in what I call relativity, meaning I don't have it so bad. I'm alive. I've got my health. I've got a good job. I've got two healthy kids. I've got, yeah, one right now yeah. doesn't do with me, but like that kept me grounded. So I wanted to hopefully write the book with a high watermark of inspiring others and like, look, man, life's going to throw some stuff at you, but you can get through it. Yeah. Uh, my female therapist at the time who was excellent, I was blessed to have been introduced to an excellent therapist by my attorney. She called everything and, and, called it exactly as it would happen. And um, she said, when you're done, you need to write a book about this because there's Absolutely. just, there's just not enough books up about men on the other side of this equation. That's right. No, there's not. And it's not like we're keeping score, but no, no, no. Yeah. And I'm right. going to be clear. It, it, not, yeah. not, not a men too versus me too. It's not male versus female. No, no. defenders, but there's so, definitely a lack of support. Um, yeah out there and yeah. I, I think those would be the two big reasons and then and then the third is really you know i've had people tell me that my story is god's story told through me um and yeah and i and i, and I believe that i believe that and, and all the events that have happened along the way which i talk about in the book uh, i absolutely believe that so i want to use the opportunity to turn evil into good for some other folks and as we talked about you know i'm looking to support a few a few nonprofits, but that's um, awesome. Yeah, for for me, I had to recognize a couple of a couple of things, and I recognize them after the fact. Anybody going through anything, uh, it bears repeating. Please avoid isolation. Find somebody, anybody. Yeah, yeah. I was it's gonna say, any advice, any anything yeah. you could. Yeah. Give. Yeah. Own what's yours. Own what's yours. Look in the mirror. Own what's yours, and nothing more. You know, don't let anybody judge you or define you. Period. And reach out. Yeah, own your shortcomings. Uh, you're on his timeline, you know, even through as we got through the trial. And once I tested negative, we were going to sit down for another mediation a month later. I'm like, all right, this is over. This is over, baby. I'm getting my house back. This is over. And no, it wasn't over. It would drag on for two or three more years. Um, and I would I would say I've been a big fan of quotes. And this is this quote hit me as I was writing the book. It is a quote I was familiar with, but I lost sight of it. It's, it's by Norman Vincent Peale. And his quote is, in every difficult situation, there is value. Believe this, then begin looking for it. So, I mean, there is, there is purpose in pain. And, um, and I, I kept grounded in that. So relativity, gratitude, and forgiveness. I forgave her and her mother real early on. And people find that hard to believe but i, I was going to ask you about you're that. a better man than i yeah i was going to ask you about forgiveness because yeah. i think for some that's part of moving forward yeah and well yeah. And for me well, it was easy it was easy i mean it happened pretty quickly because i'm like holy shit i got my life back i got the truth 
this is going to suck. This journey is going to suck. It's going to cost me a lot of money, but I don't care. I told her mother when I was communicating with her at the height of the battle, I'm like, I don't care what this costs me. I'm going to get the truth and the truth is going to be exposed. Um, and it, yeah, and it, I, I, if, if forgiveness, that's a hard thing to do, especially with the amount of shit you went through. Mm -hmm. Well, but if that's a piece that you can take to put that behind you, yeah. to move forward in, in, in a positive way, way right it's because you never look backwards you're not going that direction always look forward and I, like that's what you're doing and to be able to do that like i again i tip my hat to you much respect yeah i just started calling him a legend because and that's you know, the, it kind of is right? like but she, she she gave me my life back and there was also a quote and this is a book that i was given early on to read right and it's a quote to knock me back originally. It's, there's a quote that says, you only, you only love God as much as you love the one you like the least. And I'll repeat that. You only love God as much as you love the one you like the least. And I had to seek counsel. And I'm like, what? Am I supposed to love her? She tried to kill me. She tried to, and they're like, no, no, we're just talking about compassion. We're not talking right. about her in your life. We're just talking about you being able to forgive yeah. and let go. And recognize that, uh, you know, she she absolutely lost her way, you know. And there's a song. Are you guys familiar with NF up in Canada, right? The, the white rapper NF. I've no. Become, become a big fan of NF. And my kids bought me one of I like Eminem, but I don't know who that is. <laughs> Sounds just like Eminem. Check out some of NF's music. It's very I'm gonna good. I'm going to ask you now. Yeah, we yeah. definitely will. But he had a lot. He says even, even Satan was once an angel. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Excuse me. That, that, um, yeah, you're correct. And uh, your life today, you have someone in your life I today. I do. And, and I have a question too. How how tough was that? I think to it was want tough. to introduce that in your life again. She may be on here. Um, she said she was going to jump on, but uh, it, I think it was to be honest with you, it was tougher on her than it was tougher on me. Wow really yeah yeah and and here's so i was introduced to her by a long I'll be time right back guys yeah no worries get, get another beer yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah i had, i had been introduced to her by a long time friend uh i wasn't looking i hadn't i hadn't you know i, I was busy writing a book and i was busy focusing on you know my kids and whatever um but yeah i was blessed to have been introduced to her and when i say it was harder on her than it was on me is because i had a lot of stops and starts right? Yeah. You know, the book came out, some things came out. I was dealing with some issues and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know the, the, the simple way to put it is, yeah, I had some things that I had to resolve and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this. I'm better off on my own. I'll be happy, you know, be happier on my own. And, but you know, we had a lot of, we, we, we I don't want to say argue, but we disagree on the number of stops and starts, but we had a handful of stops and starts. And, you know, I decided for me that I needed to move out of North Carolina. I needed a change of scenery, just emotional. Yeah. And uh, she has fully supported that. And we've done, you know, we've been doing a long distance relationship, which is four and a half hours. Okay. We see each other quite a bit, but we've been doing that for, you know, a little over, a little over two years. Yeah. Two and a half years, maybe. So. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Keeping it simple. Good for you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. wonderful. The key there, I think, was again once, even with the little breakups or whatever, mm -hmm. we became friends. You know, yeah. and we, we communicate 
very consistently. We Which talk huge. Talk pretty much every night. Uh, you know, we've laid out each other's you know expectations, what we want from the relationship. At this point, right. in we're aligned on that. I don't think there's anything I don't know about her, and of course, no pun intended. But my life's an open book, so she knows <laughs> yeah. about. Yes, that's true, eh? Uh, I, 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 I couldn't be happier. You know, I couldn't be happier. And, and so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good has come from it. I've met a lot of wonderful people like yourself and have been blessed to have been on many, many different podcasts and uh, to be able to share my story. So, yeah. It's been, it's been now, um, I did want to show a clip because I mentioned earlier uh, your sense of humor. And okay. if, you, if you can imagine after hearing this, some of, you know, this JD story, there are haters out there, believe it or not, that would give him a hard time and comments on uh, his TikToks. But JD is a master at clapping back to the haters. Um, and it's quite comical. And I just wanted to share it with the audience. Here we go. Just when you think you're going to run out of material, this is a spell check version of Froggy Friday. This is an insult and a riddle all wrapped into one. Mr. Muggsy, I had to go all Wheel of Fortune on you. I had to buy two R's and an A just to solve this. Actually, I knew what you were getting at when I when I first read it. But no, I'm not embarrassed. I'm, I'm anything but embarrassed. I'm very proud of what I'm trying to do with the proceeds from the book. The third gift, my dance with the devil and her mother, trying to support a few nonprofits. So absolutely not embarrassed at all. However, aren't you embarrassed? Huh? Aren't you embarrassed a little bit? I mean, in this day and age, this is unacceptable with Alexa, Siri. I don't mean to be a dictionary by calling you out, but you can do better than this. I'll give you till Monday. Repost, correct your spelling and grammatical errors, and I'll give you a, a different grade, perhaps, depending on your performance and your work. Hope everybody has. <laughs> you know, I could watch that over and over. It's so on point. It's so well done. And you've got many of these. And it's just your one way. Uh, and on Fridays, you do this clip, Froggy yep. Fridays, where, where you'll pick somebody's idiotic comments um and just let her rip it's fantastic yeah <laughs> and yep. you know what let's get therapy absolutely yeah it's, it's good therapy you know well, um i wanted to show uh the book as well just so people had a visual sure Thank of you. your book uh the third gift my dance with the devil and her mother uh and it's available um amazon so i mean that's where i ordered it from yeah, signed copies, or if folks want signed copies, I guess in the U.S. I mean, shipping to Canada is ridiculous, but oh, I can imagine yeah. signed copies uh, are available through Ballast Books, but it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, all your major retailers. It's available online. Library systems can order it. There's also an audio book which uh, I narrated, and I did it in the closet in my home here. Um, really. Yeah, I'm operating on a shoestring budget. So this little phone that I'm on here now, and I packed uh, my closet with every blanket and pillow that I owned. And, you know, I had a guy out of Texas that really helped me from an audio perspective. And it was fantastic. So I narrated it. So there's an audio book and an ebook as well. Awesome. Now, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I have. Uh, that's been suggested to me. But uh, I have to think about later. Yeah, maybe yeah. Something, something I think about later for sure. Yeah. And where can people find you? 
Uh, people can find if they're interested in finding me. Uh, Facebook following uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Um, so it's at the third gift. Uh, at the third gift. And then um, I have a website called thirdgift.com because the third gift was taken. But Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, it's at the third gift. That's amazing. I'm not sure where uh, where our, our buddy went there. Um, but yeah, I'm just so thrilled that, that you came went, on our show. Well, I am thankful for the opportunity. I deeply appreciate it. I, I mean that. So I'd uh, love to have you back down the road. I'd be happy to be with you and, and see how things are going. And uh, you're just amazing, you know, just amazing. Good inspiration. Yeah, I would say that if it, any any of the folks that are, I don't know how many folks are on tonight. I don't know. I got, um, right now, there's only, I think, seven. Oh, eight. It's climbing nice. up a little bit. Um, Perfect. And the nice thing about this is people can watch it again uh, when they're free, if they're busy now, like later, right? Which yeah, is well, great. What what I was going to suggest if they, for the folks that are on tonight, first of all, thank you for jumping on and spending over an hour with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to my story. Uh, but for those that happen to read the book or whatever, I'd be happy to do a Q and a, um, you know, once. Oh once. yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That'd be excellent. Once they've read the book. Good so. idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I should be getting mine any day now. So, but let me know. The, what you I, will, I will. I will. 100%. I will. Um, and, Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. This will this will be live and available immediately. Yeah. So I'll just after this, I just uh, upload it, and it will feed into. Uh, it'll go to all the destinations, um, YouTube, uh, all the audio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> we thought we thought you went AWOL, Chris. Welcome yeah. back. No, I had a guy show up. He had to drop off some uh, some army stuff that we exchanged. Long story. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you very much, JD. I really appreciate it, man. You got you got fucking balls of steel, brother. Thank Absolutely. You. Well, thank Total you. Total legend, I, sir. It's been a been a pleasure to meet you both, and I'd be happy to do it again. Absolutely. We're, fi we're finally getting rain here after a month and a half. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. Stuff's coming soon for you guys, right? Uh, yeah, it'll come quick. Well, yeah. I love it's been nice conversing with you guys, and I appreciate it. Take care, JD. You. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Nice. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for wow. uh, joining us tonight. Uh, just an incredible guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought we were going to talk him about up, follow uh, him for anybody else is still interested. He's you can go online and read some more about a story, but get his book. I mean, there's lots of stuff in there that uh, we, there's no way we could cover. It's just so much, right? I'm going to read it. And I haven't read a book yeah. in a long time. Yeah. I'm, but blind and I'm old and, you know. <laughs> Something to do. No, good that, that, reading material. Right? That was awesome. It was really good. That, <laughs> yeah. An engaging guy. And what, what a story. Yeah. Just get that book, go to chapters or Amazon. Amazon. You yeah. Book. You can order it there for sure. Over and Katie uh, McCabe, check it out. Like it's, it's, it's a crazy story and it's true. It's unreal. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm back next week uh, with Tina where we don't usually do this, but we've got a back-to-back -back show uh, with scheduling and everything. So I'm back next week, but awesome. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it. You are welcome. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, everybody. Be good. Good night, everybody. Wrong one. <laughs>